Hello and welcome to Disseminate, a computer science research podcast. I'm your host, Jack Wardby. I'm delighted to say I'm joined today by Lashang Huang, who will be talking about his OSDI 22 paper, Metastable Failures in the Wild. Lashang is a PhD student at Pennsylvania State University, and his research focuses on performance debugging for complex distributed systems, and he's actively collaborating with large-scale companies to debug to debug performance issues and improve cloud efficiency. Lashang, welcome to the show. Hi, Jack. Thanks for having me. Let's dive straight in. So can you tell us how you became interested in research and how you became a PhD student and specifically how did you get interested interested in distributed systems? Oh, yeah, that's a very good question. Yeah, so for doing research, well, I like to explore the fundamental ideas behind phenomenons. Like uh, for metastable failures, before, before like we propose like this idea, there are many forms of it. Like people call it like persistent overload, death spiral, etc. But what's fundamentally uh, like uh, similar among those things, uh, th- there are something that we can dig deeper into and provide a general framework to understanding them and solving them. Yeah, so that's why I'm interested in research. Uh, and you were talking about distributed systems? Yeah, dis- distributed systems as well, yeah. Yeah, distributed systems are popular. <laughs> but but also, I, I desire f- faster like computer systems in general. And I'm interested in distributed systems be- because there are many hard problems, of course, but because um, distributed systems are at scale. So when, like, say, improving the uh, performance of system even by a little bit, it can generate uh, a very impact- impactful like influence. So um, that's why I like to do research in this area. Fantastic. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of interesting problems in distributed systems, right? Yeah. Right. So you mentioned them earlier on in the star of the show today, I guess, are these metastable failures. So can you tell the listeners what are metastable failures and maybe give us some illustrative examples? I know you mentioned a few before, but let's dig into that a little bit more. Oh, yeah, yeah. So metastable failures, well, speaking of that, you must have heard of retry storms, right? So a retry storm, uh, let's give an example. Like suppose you have a database uh, with the original capacity of uh, 1,000 requests per second, and you're running it at a load of 700 requests per second. And um, it's running good, but all of a sudden, there is like a temporary trigger, uh, which introduced background in- interference, uh, such as limpware or garbage collection, that decreases uh, your uh, capacity temporarily say to 600 requests per second and now because your capacity is a little bit low lower than the load so now you're overloaded and then uh the uh the application starts to time out and then the retry starts and let's say uh, at maximum each of the requests will uh, retry one time so in the end your load can be increased to 1400 requests per second and at that time, even after you remove the trigger and your capacity was recovered to 100 requests per second, your system is still overloaded. And the system can never get out of it without any human intervention. And we call this uh, permanent overload. So to summarize, a metastable failure is a case where there's a permanent overload even after the trigger is removed. I know a lot of, a lot, a lot of your the prior work to this paper as well has been building up a framework to reason about this class of failures mm-hmm. and these metastable failures. So can you kind of tell us more about this framework that you've developed and also about the various properties of other metastable failures as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so definitely models to help us like understand why this happens. But I would say one of the distinguishing property of, meta, of metastable failure is that there's a sustaining effect that keeps the system in a metastable failure state, even after the overloading trigger is removed. Uh, for example, in, in the retry storm example, um, the retry themselves serves as the sustaining effect, even after the trigger is removed, but because the um, retry already adds up the load to to over the capacity. Mm. So it try, it, it retries leads to more retries and keeps the system stuck. This this is how um, metastable failures is separated from other types of failures. So, uh, so speaking of how a uh, normal system is tran- tran- like transit to a metastable failure state. Uh, so suppose um, a um, uh, a system is stable and everything is working fine. And once there is a uh, load increase or a capacity decrease, uh, we can render the system to be vulnerable. So vulnerable is is a state that's running good for now. Uh, there's no- nothing wrong with it. There's no problem. But once there's overloading trigger. 
that overloads the system, then it can push the system from vulnerable state to metastable failure state. And then because there was a sustaining effect, as we have been talking about, that keeps the um, the system stuck in the metastable failure state, it is not until uh, people take some drastic method to recover the system, such as reboot the system or reduce uh, the load of the system to very low, can the system recover um, from the metastable failures? Well, yeah. So it needs some. It needs some human intervention there, almost to go in there and sort of resolve the issue. Yeah, and and this is most of the cases as we observed so far. Cool. So in this paper, what was the main sort of research goal, and what you were trying to achieve in this paper? Yeah. Uh, so first, we want to raise people's attention on this type of failure because by nature, metastable failure is rare. It doesn't happen that frequently. But once it happens from our study, it can lead to catastrophic, uh, like results. Uh, and, um, uh, uh, so from our survey, we do find that, uh, like, uh, a metastable failure, when it happens, it can lead to, uh, f- from like four to 10 hours most com- com- commonly. Uh, major outages, and uh, um, and uh, we found that s- sometimes people didn't understand uh, the reason behind metastable failures um, uh, correctly. So they try to do some recovery methods that even amplifies metastable failures. Uh, so that's so that's why we want to propose uh, the idea of metastable failures and provide a framework to an- to understand it, um, uh, and then um. And then after that, we can think about like what are the solutions to uh, these problems and how can we resolve it? Yeah, so those are our our, like main research goals. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned it a second ago, and there's an amazing study in the paper of various different metastable failures in the wild. How Mm -hmm. did you go about trying to tackle the problem, the the, the research goal? How did you design this study? What was your approach to, 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 to doing this? Uh, so, uh, so, so you were asking about like the um, h- how we define the metastability, or no, more so how uh-huh. you how you uh-huh. designed the study and how you what your kind of okay, we we want to go and uh-huh. get a better understanding about metastable mm-hmm. failures. Mm-hmm. Um, how did mm-hmm. you approach s- as answering that question? Yeah, yeah. So, um, so, so first of all, like uh, when when studying a uh, problem, we want to make sure it's really existing in the wild. So that's something that we're studying. So that's why we first design a uh, survey. We want to study the prevalence of metastable failures in the wild. So how we did that is that we studied the public post mortem incident reports. We start with that because uh, usually when a company that tries to write a uh, incident reports uh, that. Um, like that incident is already big enough to warrant like public awareness, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, so we started with like analyzing 100 to, to 1000 uh, like public uh, incident reports. And we also uh, try to find a diversity of companies and see whether uh, they exist. For example, we, we would try to look through reports in uh, large cloud infrastructure, infrastructure providers uh, like AWS, uh, Microsoft Azure, uh, and the Google Cloud, as well as we focus on some uh, small companies and projects uh, like uh, Apache Cassandra, etc. Uh, yeah, so that's our uh, that's how we design. That's our uh, yeah. Fantastic. Cool. So, mm-hmm. can you summarize for the listeners what the findings were of this study? Yeah. Well, definitely, there's a lot of findings that we find, and well, let's can, dive um... in. Let's go through them all. Yeah, let's go through them all. <laughs> you, you, you can look at the paper for, like for, for all the details, but I would say, um, like the most important is that uh, the metastable failures are really uh, can be catastrophic, and from our study, we find that at least uh, four out of fifteen major outages in the last decade at AWS was was due to metastable failures, uh, and people have like um, look. Like diagnose this type of failures in different under different names, uh, in a very ad hoc fashion, uh, like persistent congestion, persistent overload, retry storms, death spirals, etc. And people have done like uh, ad hoc recoveries to this as well, like load shedding, uh, rebooting, uh, adding more resources, or even tweaking configurations. So our insight from our um study was that these different looking failures can be categorized under one taxonomy. Um, and um, and based on uh, what we find right there, um, we try to uh, we try to identify 
um, the metastatal failures as we talk about like in post-mortem incident reports, and that we were able to identify uh, 21 metastatal failures out of them, uh, ranging from large companies to small companies and projects. And uh, we found that uh, the most important thing we find as we talk about, it can cause major outages uh, and uh, uh, four to 10 hours most commonly as we talk about, and incorrect handling really leads to future incidents. And I can give you an example uh, on this. Uh, like um, for one of the incidents we found at Spotify, uh, like um, there was a metastatal failure that happened due to retry. Uh, it was a retry storm. And then um, uh, the engineers at uh, Spotify want to identify why the retry happens. So they add even more uh, excessive logging to the retries. Um, oh but be- but be- because <laughs> the excessive logging, uh, yeah. the penalty of the retries is even higher, which exacerbates the metastability uh, and leads to future incidents to happen. Oh, so... Nice. Uh, yeah, so that that's how uh, it, so so this shows uh, without properly understand uh, this this is uh, metastable failures and the mechanism behind that uh, this can a- actually leads to wrong uh, error handling or recovery methods. Uh, so all of this makes metastable failure a important class of failures to study. For sure, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So in, yeah. of the of the the metastable failures you identified across mm-hmm. these different um, different companies. Yeah. What was the diversity in the metastable failures in that? Were there certain types of, once you kind of developed the taxonomy and the framework yeah. and whatever, yeah. did mm-hmm. you find that there were certain things that happened with a lot more frequency than other types of metastable failures? Well, yeah. So so I guess, yeah, to put another way, is that in this study, we want to actually... Uh, convince people that besides many common patterns of metastable failures, there are also many other type of metastable failures that uh, have the same characteristics, which is like, which is like permanent permanent overload even after the trigger is removed. Uh, but they they also exist, you know. Yeah. So the most common one, as you have been asking, is due to retries or retry storms. That's the a classic example. But besides that, we also find um, low spike can be the trigger, but on the other hand capacity decreasing uh this event can be another trigger because what really matters uh is about uh the um the level between the um uh the the load as well as the capacity when you when your load is below the capacity everything is working fine but when your uh load is above the capacity and if there's a sustaining effect if there's an amplifying mechanism that that's existing right there it can keep your system get stuck yeah so so on the other uh, dimension besides the workload amplification that exists uh, in the um retry storm um sort of case uh, there's also a capacity degradation amplification that exists uh, in many other scenarios as well fantastic that's fascinating yeah. mm-hmm. i know in your in your papers also you've been working on this this line of work for a while yeah. Um, and the, the this this paper introduced three like new extensions to to, to the framework for reasoning about um, metastable failures. Can mm-hmm. you talk, tell us a little bit about what these 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 were these additions you made and why they were made? Uh, so you were talking about different types of metastable failures, or yeah. So mm-hmm. Anna, in 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 the paper, you you talk about how mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. took the original framework or the existing framework you had, and then you made some additions to it. Um, I just wanted to kind of if I could just t- get a, a description of what the, ch- the changes, the key changes were over the initial the initial framework and, and why you made those specific changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the initial framework and our framework, they don't like conflict with each other. Uh, actually, that paper was also our paper. Uh, so we um, we just like present a more deeper understanding of the metastable failure framework. Yeah, okay. so from the beginning, like uh, as we have been talking about, like how the system transit from stable to vulnerable to metastable failures, that's still uh, uh, right there. But we what we find is that load increase is not the only reason. Because, uh, like, symmetrically, capacity decrease can also render the system to be uh, vulnerable, as well as like, uh, like adjust the ratio between the uh, load and the capacity, and that's the key factor uh, where metastable failures could happen. Uh, as well as like, um, we find that uh, the system, the 
Uh, the vulnerable state is not a binary state. You cannot say a system is vulnerable or not vulnerable. Actually, systems have different degrees of vulnerability. <laughs> okay, right, yeah. yeah, that's that's another thing that we find that exists in practice. Uh, and uh, and the people in industry might want to pay attention to like how vulnerable your systems uh, is to uh to 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 keep that in mind so that they can uh, better maintain it and and run it without running into metastability or other issues. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, 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 so that's another thing. And, and also the other thing, uh, that we try to provide in this OSDI paper is that, uh, we want to provide, uh, real examples, uh, of metastable failures. Because even in our previous, uh, hard OS paper, uh, we said that, uh, replicating metastable failures is very hard. And we gave some, like, sort of ideas and, uh, um, and, and the simplified, uh, like incidents of how it could happen, but we didn't provide any real data on that, you know. Uh, nice, <laughs> yeah, nice. that, then, that in this, because in this paper, we have like more space and then we, um, and then we want to like uh, provide more examples as well as like release the code, uh, for people to really test it out to see, oh, this is how metastable failure happens. And uh, if they have, uh, if they can come up with any, uh, like solutions to it, we are very welcome and you can just test it on our test bed. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just come to my mind is that yeah um obviously you have this you have this framework and it gives it you can taxonomize all of the the existing um mm-hmm. failures you've observed in the wild under mm-hmm. that under that framework mm-hmm. are there any ones that are possible under the framework that you did not observe in any real like kind of almost um can mm-hmm. it act as a warning sign for like be careful don't do this because this bad thing could happen sort of if that question makes any sense even mm-hmm. yeah so um we, we definitely think about like the complete completeness of the model we although we didn't prove it because it's very hard to prove but uh we came up with the scenarios or taxonomy uh by factoring the uh basic components that really matters so that's also how people in industry really measure the system so one is the load and the other is the capacity and how the relationship be- between those two metrics changes over time that's um how we think about it and and uh, think about how the system could uh, possibly uh, uh, run into metastable failures. Yeah, and and, and in our uh, model or taxonomy, we factored uh, different like uh, different uh, combinations of uh, two types of triggers as well as like two types of uh, amplification methods. Although um, there could be multiple triggers and multiple multiple amplifications, so there could be superpositions of those four scenarios as well. Okay, cool. So, yeah, how do you go about detangling, kind of, if you've got multiple of these things happening at the same time, how do you detangle as to which Mm -hmm. is the, the, I guess, I mean, they're all problems, right? Which is Mm -hmm. the root cause, I guess? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so definitely, uh, there, there can be a lot of like, uh, misleading signals, you know, yeah. like, especially when I was working at Twitter, like I was working on trying to find the metastable failures uh, right there. Uh, there are many things that could happen, like uh, there's a low spike and there's like capacity decreasing, maybe due to garbage collection, maybe due to, uh, some like, uh, like, uh, just, uh, uh, ha- hang, handing load node uh, that's not doing well in an um, unhealthy state, something like that, uh, as well as like uh, when, when say, there's like some amplification we want to find, uh, there are different signals on, on that as well. Yeah, so um, to characterize this, uh, definitely multiple things can happen together, but we want to uh, provide a simple um, uh, taxonomy for people to understand. So that's why we want to decouple it. And uh, f- although for real instance, uh, like multiple things to cap- can happen at the same time, but for uh, for this paper, because we want to demonstrate uh, the basic, like the fundamentals out of it. So when replicating those uh, instances or scenarios, we introduce one trigger at a time, as well as like one amplification mechanism at a time. And in this paper in total, actually we introduced like three real examples with, with one, like uh, the, the retry storm which is well known everywhere uh that forms the four uh metastability scenarios okay cool cool yeah you, you mentioned um you're uh, working at twitter a second ago so it's a nice segue yeah. into i wanted to kind of and you also mm-hmm. mentioned the kind of the metastable failure identified well but let's pull yeah. on that thread a little bit more because it's a fascinating case study that you go through in the paper so can we go through that in a little bit more depth can you tell us yeah. what the, yeah, what the sure. failure was and how the process of identifying it as well and how you went about figuring out this is a this is the problem 
Yeah, yeah. So that's a very good question, and I would like to share. So, so when when I was working at Twitter, like、uh, we were wondering why, after rigorous testing. Um, the system can sometimes even still get stuck in very low throughput state. That's what engineers are always wondering. So do I.、Uh, and then, we,、uh, when looking through like some of the、uh, incident report,、uh, although it's not public anymore, like it's inside of the company,、uh, we find there are、uh, something that seems like there's something that's like keeping the system in a、uh, in a very low th- throughput state with some amplification. Mechanism, and then、uh, we try to find why. So, in one particular instance, we found that、uh, at that date there was like peak load test, and、uh, the initial、uh, load spike、uh, from the peak load test introduced high queue length to the system because of, because of like the jobs is arriving and the memory allocation right there, and because of this memory allocation, you, you know, there's more active objects、uh, to process during. Uh, for for the GC because、um, at Twitter we use a language that has a garbage collection right there, uh, and uh, and there's also higher memory pressure that causes more garbage collection GC cycles, and this pushes the GC behavior to be high. But as we all know, garbage collection takes GPU like it consumes GPU resources,、uh, it consumes memory resources, and the. the The GC causes application to pause and slow down naturally because it's in contention with、uh, the the normal request.、Uh, it's consuming resources,、uh, and and because of this, the job the jobs are slow slowed down. So, and because of the jobs are slowing down,、uh, the queue length is even higher. Yeah, this completes a loop. Did you see? So yeah, when there's a low、yeah. spike, ah,、uh, introduce high queue length, and high queue length introduces high GC behavior. GC behaviors introduce ah、uh, job slowing down, and which gives back, you know, ah,、uh, increasing、yeah. the 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 high queue length. So this forms ah、uh, the mechanism of capacity degradation amplification. So that's how we how we find the sustaining effect ah、uh, at, at Twitter specifically. So ah、uh, to summarize. The sustained effect is a contention between the arriving traffic and the GC consuming resources. So after that, we also try try to see like people. What what do engineers do about it, right? Yeah. 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 So so people have done aggressive load shedding. You know,、uh, okay. they they have tried to decrease the、uh, the. Request per second, say、uh, by by a lot,、uh, and in our、uh, own replication, we try to decrease the、uh, load by thirty percent. But still, the GC doesn't lower. It doesn't help lower the GC. So the system gets stuck right there. The GC is high. The queue length is high. Even after reducing reducing the load, it doesn't get out of it. Yeah, yeah. And at and and at um at Twitter, we find only after rebooting. Uh, all the machines and instances can we recover fi- eventually from it? Right. Well, so the, the, yeah, yeah. So that's a, so that's a metastable failure, and you can find that this metastable failure is not really caused by retries. It's caused by garbage collections that's consuming、uh, CPU resources and in contention、uh, with the normal request serving. My next question, and you've mentioned this throughout、um, throughout the chat so far. About、mm-hmm. replicating metastable failures, yes, and、mm-hmm. obviously it's a very difficult thing. And you mentioned the initial sort of in your hot OS paper that it was kind of、mm-hmm. that was kind of not there. Then you find it really hard to do that.、Mm-hmm. I guess the first thing I kind of want to ask is with、mm-hmm. this,、uh, with your replication of these metastable failures, what were you trying? What were the questions you were trying to answer with this set of experiments? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, uh, we we do have like、uh, different types of experiments、uh, in our、uh, in our paper,、uh, but as、uh, as we have discussing about, like、uh, each of them re- represent a different type of metastable failures. So、uh, first of all, we want to do proof of concept. Metastable failures is not is not only one type. It's not just like retry storm. It has different like. It, it, it can it can be formed differently with different types of triggers with different type of、uh, amplification mechanisms.、Uh, so for each of the、uh, experiments right there,、uh, we we do have different purpose for that. For example, um uh for the uh garbage collection as we talk about, like in the Twitter's、uh, case, we try to replicate it、uh, in a, a local environment just to、uh, make sure that is a metastable failure. Yes, it is. And also we con- convinced. Uh, we confirmed that uh, the uh, the trigger was due to the low spike and uh, the 
uh, amplification, the sustaining effect was due to the capacity degradation. Uh, but while there's also another type of trigger uh, that could uh, render the system to be runnable and eventually uh, metastable failure, uh, which is uh, capacity decreasing trigger. For example, we have um, introduced a slowdown to a replicated state machine uh, right there. And the slowdown serves as a capacity decreasing um, a capacity decreasing trigger, and eventually it uh, slows down the system, and then the the re- the application starts to time out, and then the retry starts. So that's um the the main message from that experiment. As well as we have built a three tier cache example. Uh, so when in the system we have the the web server, we have the look asset cache as well as like a back backend database system, and um once a once upon a time, there's like cache hit rate drop to the Lucasat cache. And then because of the uh, cache cannot serve most of, many of the requests, the requests fall back to the uh, backend database system. And because of the database was not designed to handle this many requests, uh, so it was overloaded. And many requests starts to time out. And because of the application timeout, it cannot really refill the cache, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because it doesn't oh, wow. refill the cache, so the cache hit rate drop doesn't, don't really recover. Yeah, so that's where the uh, capacity degradation persists and the system never get out of it. Um, yeah, so that's, that's another, another type of metastable failures where the capacity decreasing trigger, uh, the capacity decreasing event as the trigger, uh, as well as the capacity degradation amplification serve as the sustaining effect. Interesting. Yeah. So given the, the current state of your, of the, of the framework you, the, the framework you use for reproducing these metastable failures, how mm-hmm. easy is it to add new ones? And is, is, is there various components that are composable that I say, oh, now I want to do this and try this and try that? Or are they very, they're like kind of very independent. You have to construct one from hand each time. How easy is it to, to make new ones? Well, I, I, I would say because even in real life, metastable failures are rare. Mm. So if you want to reproduce it, it's definitely hard. And we have said that uh, in both the hot OS paper as well as the OSDR paper. Yeah, so reproducing is reproducing it is hard because you want to re- because you need to understand like where the boundary is you know like uh, uh, like what's the boundary between the vulnerability as well as the metastability and it changes according to many other sort of things like if your system has a higher load then your system is more vulnerable so um so a less intense trigger can push your system in, into metastable failure state while uh if your system is running a lower load then then it's harder yeah Question that could actually come to mind is that um, yeah, how can also at the moment the kind of the, the 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 flow of direction is kind of hey we've we've identified some problem there's some problem and we want to go and reproduce it right so these, we yeah. use the framework for this the reproduction mm-hmm. framework for that mm-hmm. would we would you be able to sort of reverse that and say can mm-hmm. when I'm designing some system could mm-hmm. we use this framework to inform our design decisions for like. Mm-hmm. You, you know yeah i don't know you could build something and run various workloads and say okay what are the what are the points mm-hmm. at which my system topples over or are these 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 um these metastable failures emerge mm-hmm. yeah so one of the yeah, so that that's actually a very good question because one of the takeaway from our work is that um the sustaining effect is the key component it's the key property of the metastable failures if we can eliminate the sustaining effect that's going to be great but sometimes but Many times, actually, we cannot eliminate uh, the sustaining effect because those uh, naturally arise from common optimizations, like the retries. They are um, they arise because uh, we want to handle some like transient failures automatically, uh, and for the garbage collections, needless to say. Uh, it, it, so sometimes we just cannot eliminate the sustaining effect. So that's why we want to minimize it. For example, for the retries, we want to see like what's the proper configurations for that how many retries we want to have the more retries we we want to have the more like in, in some in some scenarios we can um the, the more likely we can overload the system but if we, we retry less we, we might not realize the like the natural functionality of it you know so that's the uh, garbage collection we want to know like what's the configurations of the garbage collection that can really fit on my scenario um and without introducing metastable failures yeah uh, so, 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 so that's that's how um, people can take away from uh, our our work about designing their systems. Yeah, as far as when people 
after designing their system, they are operating their systems. They want to really understand the vulnerability of this their system. Yeah, because because the other thing about um. Uh, about the system operator, or, or say, like for 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 this podcast, we want to uh, bridge the gap between the academia and, and the industry. So one takeaway from industrial people is that the vulnerability of the system was impacted by two main things that we find in, in, in our work. So one thing is the system load. The system load determines vulnerability. Uh, the higher your, your load is, uh, the more vulnerable you are. That means like the less intense trigger you need to push the system into metastable failure state. Yeah, so fundamentally, there's a trade-off between efficiency and the vulnerability. The more efficiency you want to have, the more the more vulnerability you need to bear with as well. So that's one key key things um, system uh, practitioners want to have in mind. On the other hand, system configurations also impact vulnerability. Uh, and for uh, let's still uh, keep with the GC example. The larger memory that we have in our experience, we find that the lower vulnerability we have. This is because a larger memory. Uh, release the, uh, the the garbage collection pressure uh, by by some degree. So uh, for different types of metastable failures that happens, you want to really know what system configurations that are related to this. Uh, and you want to know how each of the configurations uh, impact the vulnerability um, and, and then to it in the right direction and in the uh, in the right order and, and in, in the right amount, right? Is the is the framework publicly mm-hmm. available? Can can the listener go and clone the Git repo and start playing around with it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the uh, replications examples are, are open sourced, uh, and we welcome uh, uh, people to give it a try to see metastable failures, how it happens, and propose solutions on top of them. Brilliant. Yeah, I can definitely see this being integrated into as another part of as another tool to complement people's pipelines. Right, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. So I know you, you conclude your your paper with a, a really, mm-hmm. really nice discussion section. Um, mm-hmm. And it'd be great if you could kind of pull out the, the, the key findings and observations from this nice discussion discussion at the end and tell the listener ab- about those. Mm-hmm. So many of them, uh, I, I would say uh, those are like details. You can look at the paper if you're interested. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would say like one of the most, uh, one of the important thing uh, we want to uh, sell is uh, fix to break. When you try to fix the system, as we discussed, uh, it sometimes will break your system if you don't understand what was the reason of it breaks, uh, like in, in the, it broke in the first place. Uh, so we have a, uh, besides uh, the instance we just talked about in the beginning of the podcast, we also have some other uh, similar instance that's going that route as well. Uh, so I'll give it a shot if you're interested. Uh, as, well, as well as like we think uh, prevention and mitigation might be the way to go. Uh, although uh, currently we don't think uh, there's existing solutions to it. Uh, but um, we foresee that in, in, in the future uh, to prevent this thing from happen, uh, we can one first thing we can do is that we can de- detect and react to the trigger quickly enough to avoid metastable failures. This is because the sustaining effects may not be immediate. It needs some time to 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 be triggered, uh, to start amplifying. And on the other hand, the sustaining effects also takes time to amplify the overload. If the overload after reducing the load back to the normal level uh, is reduced and the system is not overloaded, then it's not a metastable failure. But if we didn't catch the sustaining effect fast enough, then it, it already overloaded the system too much. Then mm-hmm. after, even after we lower the load, it doesn't help. It's still overloaded. Then, then we, we, we were too slow. Yeah, so detect and react to triggers quickly. How uh, to do that? Probably we won't do the to do it automatically? That's a question uh, we probably want to uh, give more thoughts on in the future. Yeah, Fascinating. Yeah. So uh, yeah. how do you detect what the tipping point is, right? Because there will be a point at which you've entered that state and mm, there's no way you can get out of it. Now you've got to have a, like you say, restart the system or do some extreme mm-hmm. intervention, right, to, to resolve the issue. Yeah, yeah cool. I, I, I suppose like how much time we have in that window and we want to catch up with the uh, the load increase uh, as fast as possible to make sure to 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 end it, to end the trigger before it pushes it into metastable failure. Yeah. The overload yeah. too much. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, this this next question is something I ask, I ask all of my um, all of my interviewees on, on mm-hmm. the podcast. 
and I'm sure there were a lot of things on this this is like, what were the most interesting and maybe unexpected lessons that you have learned while working on metastable failures and I imagine there's quite a few but yeah just give us give us your highlights yeah the highlights is uh, <laughs> I would say also like fixed the break we didn't expect yeah. this to happen because when people try to say uh, recover recover from a incident they usually go on the right route uh, if, if not make, th- make things better they are not making th- things worse but for metastable failures because of the sus- nature of the sustaining effect if you are not aware of it you might be uh, amplifying it in some ways so that's that was the unexpected things that uh, we, we we found doing our research and the other thing we f- we find or in general is that our replication is hard uh, how do you push the system into metastable failures first of all we we don't have like like b- because from our previous uh, research from the hard os paper we, we find that the system might be vulnerable but the transition from vulnerable to metastable failure was unclear by that time and later we 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 find that um like from the industry we have experienced that uh, the the higher load you are it seems like the easier the system it is to 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 combat to have combat you know yeah so so later we realized that, oh there's actually a various degree of uh, like vulnerability right there and probably if we want to push a system into a um metastable failure state we want to first uh, make sure that the sustain sustaining effect exists in the first place and then um then we want to find the right point uh where to tip it into metastable failure state yeah. So when when did this idea sort of arise? And so when was the idea for metastable failures conceived? And kind of, I guess, let's dig into a little bit more about that journey from mm. that initial sort of conception of, hey, this thing mm. looks like we can taxonomize it, metastable failures, to mm-hmm. the, the OSDI paper. What was that journey like? And what were, were the things along the way that um, you tried that failed? And what are the sort of the war stories, I guess, of that journey with metastable failures? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so actually, metastable failures are already exist. We we didn't like create this type of failure, you know. It already exists, but Just but give it a name. People, <laughs> yeah, give it a name. But people understand, like people analyze them in very different forms. As we talk about, like ad hoc analysis, ad hoc diagnosis, ad hoc recovery, like all of these things. And people write like different block, like blog posts on it. Uh, and the people propose like different uh. Uh, like so-called lessons to it, but we find that we we can actually like generalize this type of instance under one mechanism and uh, under one taxonomy and analyze them. And this 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 was originally coming from like um uh Brownson. Uh, he was a uh, software engineer at uh, at Facebook, and he found that oh, th- these things happen. And then after the Hot OS paper was published, uh, it like these ideas like occurs to many other engineers, uh, uh like in, in other companies. Oh, th- this thing really happens in my company as well. <laughs> same problem, yeah. <laughs> yeah, same, same same problem. Let Let's take a deeper look at it, uh, and l- let's dig deeper into it like how to how to reason about metastable failures uh, and that that's where i also was lucky to have a chance to uh to do the internship at, at twitter and we, we found that engineers there also wondering uh why um my system was slow and it got got stuck in slow but for no reasons no obvious reasons i mean uh and then and then we try to uh look through the uh incident reports and all, all of sort of sort of stuff yeah and, and and in the end, uh, we 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 found that uh, combining the the survey uh, as well as like the uh, the insider view of metastable failure happens, we find uh, there are multiple types of triggers, multiple of types of implications, and they can form a nice picture of how this really happens in the wild. Already, yeah. the works had some great real world impact. I don't know if you are at liberty to disclose how it's being leveraged inside Twitter. At the- uh yeah so so for for impact wise uh so one of the lessons we have learned is that uh not all metastable failures are catastrophic they are still like mild metastable failures like we had at Twitter uh so we are also wrote this in in the paper that uh, although for this instant uh it's a metastable failure but it doesn't really uh result in like user facing uh failures it's internally that's raising some alarms uh that needs to be fixed and eventually it might lead to uh bad outages but uh, uh but the engineers because they react quickly enough uh, so they were able to stop it before it, uh, it becomes a very bad metastable failures yeah 
which also confirms our uh, claim that if you can catch up with the metastable failures in time, then you can um, mitigate it before it it happens. Nice. So, yeah. so where, where, where do you go next then with um, with metastable failures? What do you have planned for future research with them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so for metastable failures in general, I think uh, there are multiple ways to go. So one thing, as we have mentioned, is to detect and react to triggers automatically. Uh, and uh, the other thing we also have mentioned is to design systems to eliminate and minimize uh, sustained effect if possible. And there are ways to do that, like um, uh, some as, uh, if you're doing uh, network sort of things, you want to consider like the slow path, uh, not just the fast path, because the slow path sometimes leads to metastable failures. Yeah. Uh, and uh, on the other hand, uh, how do you understand uh, the degree of vulnerability automatically uh, of the system to, to control risk uh, is also something that's very interesting. Maybe it's not as researchy, uh, but uh, for people in industry, that might be uh, really uh, helpful. Like uh, uh, people want to think about how to uh how do you like what system load you should run uh, and what capacity you should allocate to the system to determine the vulnerability um, to 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 measure those to determine your vulnerability like load testing can help reveal issues and adding capacity can help lower vulnerability and on the other hand system config configurations also affect vulnerability and what are the relevant configs and how to control them to lower vulnerability that's also uh, open questions <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, like in 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 the in the uh, what is the lifetime of the incident happens, there is also recovery. Once, unfortunately, you are in a metastable failure, you want to recover from it. Uh, there are also multiple things you need to do. The first one is to fix the trigger to prevent a re- recurrence. You know, yeah. And there are multiple ways you can do that. You can negate load spike by load shedding. Uh, there's uh, you can do like rollbacks to hot deployments. Uh, you can also do hot fix software. Uh, bugs like uh, on the fly and after you have done all of this you want to make sure you end the overload to break the sustaining effect cycle like low shedding uh, like increasing the capacity like change the policy to reduce to reduce the implication factors uh, so on and so forth so currently many of the stuff are uh, can be done by engineers like uh, once there's alarm there's like detection of metastable failure that might happen you want to go there and and, and find the right right knob to, to, to tune them but in the future if we can even make this all automatic, more more automatic, then it's going to be even better. Uh, it's come, kind of speed up the recovery process. Definitely, yeah. And I look yeah. forward to all of the, all of the, your future research. That sounds fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. So, yeah, so obviously, are you working on any other projects in this area or is, is it all related to metastable failures at the moment? Or is there anything, or any other projects you're working on that the listener may be interested in? Oh yeah, yeah. So, uh, metastable failure is only one um, one project I'm working on, uh, and uh, it's about uh, throughput related uh, failures or, or related performance problems. And because I'm working on performance debugging of distributed systems, there's also another type of uh, performance bugs, which is latency bugs. Uh, and I, I'm trying to find, I'm trying to like profiling as well as like debugging latency issues in di- in distributed systems using uh, distributed systems tracing. Uh, and currently, uh, maybe some a little bit more background details. So currently, there are actually a lot of distributed system traces that's generated. For example, uh, like uh, uh, in at Meta at Facebook, uh, one day they generate like billions of traces, mm-hmm. and there are many of the traces right there. And the current practice is that people use some uh, pe- people look at them individually, and sometimes they they use some like basic aggregation metrics just to uh, sort, just to like filter some of the interesting traces out, but. In the end, in the boys town to people look at individual traces and figure out where the like the latency is long and uh, where 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 the optimization uh, opportunities are. Uh, but we find that uh, looking at the individual trace fundamentally have the problem of being biased by each of the trace. So that's why in my research I, I proposed a, a tool called TProf to aggregate. Uh, the distributed system traces together to expose a more uh, like overview of the system and trying to see where uh, the latency is high uh, as well as where you want to spend most of the time debugging so that you can get most of the uh, like improvement of, o- over the end-to-end latency. Yeah, so that's the type of things I'm doing. And on the other hand, I'm also interested in uh, improving uh, the efficiency of the 
distributed system or an, uh, like a current cloud system. Because performance and efficiency always goes in hand in hand. You can always throw in more machines to improve the performance, but <laughs> your utilizations might, might suffer. Yeah. So, um, to, to help like broaden my horizon in that uh, area, I was also collaborating and then doing internships at Microsoft Research, uh, working on, um, util- utilizing workload, uh, characteristics to try to improve, uh, Azure cloud, uh, utilization. Amazing. That's great. Mm-hmm. And how this, this is, a, this has been a recent sort of interest of mine and in trying to understand how people approach idea generation in this area and how do you decide what to work on how, what's your process for that because you work on some amazing things really interesting cool stuff how Thanks. do you arrive at that thing this is what i want to do and this is really cool uh-huh. Yeah. So, so I would say different people have different approaches to do this. Of but course, for, sure, but, yeah. yeah, but for yeah. me, I would say it's trial and error. Like, for example, uh, the distributed tracing projects I was doing, uh, I was interested in finding performance issues. Then I was thinking about what's the state of art? Oh, people are using distributed tracing. Those provide fine-grained details of where the latencies are. Uh, then I, I started using that. And after using that, I said, oh, this works well. I can find something. But there, there's also a lot of complexity that's getting in the way. Like, there's just so many traces. Which one should I look at? Which one can I believe in? We we need to have an overview of all of this. That's where the aggregation comes in. Yeah, uh, and, and then I start start like trying different uh, aggregation methods. Different of them have like pros and cons. They have like uh, constraints, but the but in the end, I I try to sort them out and provide a uh, a multiple levels of granularity of like aggregation i found oh it, it works well i can i can use my uh, own design tool to find many interesting performance bugs and in the end it was published on acm's uh, symposium on color computing uh and uh yeah uh that's how how a paper was generated <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, yeah. We'll link to that paper in the show notes also, if someone wants to go and check it out yeah. thanks thanks well i mean i mean yeah, so so that's for that paper, but for for this paper is uh, it's also a little bit different because uh, after doing that, I found oh uh, I I could use some like uh, the uh, the open source benchmarks and try to find the performance issues with them, but you know for distributed system in the open source world you don't have that large scale distributed system you know they're always like um there you always wonder like how can you even do more impactful research, so that's why I I. Uh, um, I try to intern at like big companies, either with uh, uh, cloud on-prem or uh, with big like public cloud. So uh, at Twitter, I, I I was able to hear like engineers' opinions uh, about some of the papers they found, for example, in hot OS about the metastable failures. Uh, it occurs to them like uh, we are oh, we also always wonder the the same problem why it's just low through. But let's dig into it and see whether some of the uh, incidents that happens at Twitter are metastable failure. Well, I would say adding up to your previous question, um, some many of the instances at Twitter was not metastable failures. Okay. Uh, and they were just like a regular overload, overloading like issues. And then once the trigger is fixed, uh, then it's not overloaded anymore. Although engineers still still have to do like a recovery method to prevent uh, uh, the the overload the overloading event from happening in the future. But um, but it's not metastable failures, you know. Yeah, metastable failures are, are rare and the persisting, and <laughs> that that's why 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 it was hard. But but I was lucky. I would say in Twitter, I was able to find one instant, and uh, mm. uh, and I was able to find like a well documented data that I can analyze them uh, and and show you a show in the paper to the public yeah, yeah. so yeah, that's a nice yeah. Study, yeah. yeah so so how, how that's how that helps so for for grad student i would say if you really want to uh look for interesting problems you can go to industry and see yeah, yeah. sometimes things pops up and if you're interested there can be collaborations Amazing. Yeah, no, it's really yeah. nice to see the, the breadth of diff- everyone's different sort of approach to, to, the, to answering this question is, is really interesting. And that's another really fascinating answer to it as well. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. So I've got just two more questions now. Yeah, yeah. And the, the first one is, what do you think is the biggest challenge now in in, in your research area? So in distributed systems, in metastable failures and the, all the other cool things you work on, what do you think is the biggest challenge that's facing us now? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think I've mentioned that a little bit, but um, because I'm working on performance debugging, I mm-hmm. found that currently still many of there are tons of human efforts that was spent on performance debugging. Like in in large companies like Google, like uh, Facebook, like Meta, like uh, all these large companies or even smaller companies, p- people hire performance engineers or capacity engineers, uh, specifically for dealing with pro- performance problems. Uh, and the tools they're currently using, um, uh. Which are good, uh, but we can do even more than that. And I think one of the keys to do more automation. Yeah, for example, uh, for the uh, for the metastable failure uh, incidents, if we can somehow find a automatic way uh, to detect it quickly enough, then it can help prevent it from happening in the first place. And uh, uh, we, and also when something um, uh, w- when the system is already in a metastable failure state, how to automatically recover from it? Maybe we can auto tune the configuration somehow to get rid of can can get out of the metastable failure state. That's another thing uh, that that we can do. And in general, about debugging uh, like uh, performance issues, like there mo- different like stages. You first detect there's a problem, and then you try to diagnose it to, to try to find the root cause of it. And then after that, you re- try to recover from it and prevent that from happening in the future. So in the detection uh, field, like in this stage, I think th- recently there are multiple papers on this, uh, which is good. Like people are leading to that direction to do more um, automation on that. Uh, but for diagnosing, I, I think there, there's still a lot of things that we, that we can do. Like, uh, especially if you go to industry, you will find there are a lot of data right there like telemetry like all, all this table and you want to join this table with that table and see what what, what really happens but they're just too much data but too less people yeah 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 and, and there's a there's a larger opportunity where uh, people can sit down and just uh, build tools to help uh, automatically like uh, analyze those telemetry to find the signals out of the haystack, you know, uh, to to give signals, for example, oh, the, the metastable failure is going to happen. Let, let's catch catch up with it. Or uh, the metastable failure already happens. Oh, I, I don't need a human to 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 look at it. And and and, and they like like the recovery um, uh, phase can be done uh, by some automation as well. I'll, if anything, in the early stage, uh, it can generate some like uh, instant report for the uh, performance engineers to help them like better uh, look for the root causes or uh, provide suggestions to them to do the recovering uh, before going into like a fully automatic mode. You know, yeah, yeah. Cool, yeah. We should definitely get that on a t-shirt. Too much data, not enough people, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should make, make one. You should make <laughs> one, right? yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, cool, right. So time for uh, the last word now. Yeah. What's the the one key thing you want the listener to take away from your research and from this podcast today? Yeah, so uh, I would say uh, we have talked about a lot of things in the big, uh, but s- still specifically for metastable failures, um, um, the takeaway is that it's really prevalent and it can cause major outages. That's why it is important. And how to fix that? Understanding the sustaining effect first and then understand the degree of vulnerability to prevent that thing from happening in the future. Amazing. And let's let's end it there. Thanks so much, Shang, for coming on the show. It's been a great, great conversation. And if the listeners are interested in knowing more about Shang's work, we'll put links to all of the relevant materials in the show notes. And we will see you next time for some more awesome computer science research. Thanks, Jack. Thanks, everybody, for listening.